0: Welcome to Miss Connections. We are both Elizabeth. I'm Elizabeth Via, AKA Lizzie. And I'm Elizabeth Windham, AKA Beth. Miss Connections is a podcast that explores our longing to connect and the circumstances that
1: stand in our way. Each episode will bring a true story of a Miss Connection and an expert guest to help us unpack the themes of the story so that we can all get better at making real meaningful connections that feel good to us.
0: That's why we started this show. After a series of our own misconnections in dating, friendships and family relationships, we decided to get some help.
1: Oh hey. Welcome to a different type of episode from us. We're bringing <laughs> you more voices, more perspectives and expanding upon the conversations we get to have around connection.
0: We're so happy to be bringing you a brand new Misconnections mini.
1: the holiday season can be both a wonderful and a weird time for connection. So we're taking a quick pause from our usual programming to talk about it with a professional.
0: Yes, I was talking to a friend who's a therapist recently and she mentioned how extra busy this time of year is for her and it makes sense. But good news, she's agreed to fit us into that busy schedule and talk to us about connection over the holidays.
1: Quick disclaimer before we jump in. The information shared today is intended to be educational and not taken as therapeutic treatment.
0: Janie Glassmith is the founder of Spaces Therapy, a haven for relational psychotherapy nestled in Northeast Los Angeles. As a therapist, Janie has a special affinity for working with writers, journalists, and other folks that often live within the realms of their own minds. She's equally passionate about supporting individuals through the grieving process. She's licensed in California, New York, Washington, and Texas, and loves to travel, so often practices therapy virtually. Janie primarily lives in Los Angeles with her beloved husband and their two perfect dogs named Phyllis from The Office and Tilda Swinton. Welcome to Miss Connections, Janie.
2: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: So lovely to have you. So you, Janie, made the mistake of mentioning to me over lunch that this time of year is always a busy time for you as a therapist, uh, with clients making extra appointments to help them get through the holidays. So now that we've we've brought you in here after that quick comment, um, what are some ways that you found through your work with clients that the holidays are just hard?
2: You know, one of the... One of the main things that I find is that there's a, this is a big time of comparison. You know, now we live in a time of a million different types of media that we are bombarded with all the time. But even even before this, I think there's always been this narrative around the holidays that it's this very warm and cozy time, and that we're supposed to be connecting with family uh, and having these you know grand holiday parties, or it's just always had this this narrative around it, that it's supposed to be this time that's very full. And even for those of us who can connect on, or we might be more open about that that's not our experience of family or that's not our experience of friendships or the holiday season, it's impossible not to keep comparing. Sure. So it's one of the reasons is literally just the kind of looking around and seeing commercials and movies and Christmas music, you know, that all has this very big, we're all together, can't wait to spend time with family, feel around it. When actually this time of year isn't usually very lonely. Like it's steeped in grief. Mm-hmm. You know, this is if if you've lost someone or even just, you know, feel alone, you know, or missing the thing that you wish you had, this is the time when it gets really heightened for people. So yeah, it's it's especially hard. It would be lonely, I think, no matter what. And I think that's been the thing that you know, you can read books from a hundred years ago and still catch the vibe that people were feeling lonely then. Um, mm-hmm. But now we also have this added layer of like all these different, even like the movies where families are a little, you know, effed up. It's like, they still <laughs> are kind of like cute at the end or like so connected. Right. And that's just not real life. It's mm-hmm. not how most of us experience things. Instead, we feel alone and feel a little bit Maybe, you know, we feel weird or we feel broken or something because we don't have this experience of being so excited to spend time around family or maybe we're excited, but we still feel exhausted at the end. So,
0: yeah, and the different angles of that, like because you could have, you know, a what feels fulfilling relationship with your family, but not have a partner that, you know, you imagine that would make your holiday experience better. Or, you know, with things like we've just moved past Thanksgiving and there's, you know, this everyone's having a Friendsgiving. And what if I don't have a group of friends that would invite me to something like that? So there's just so many entry points into that kind of longing or loneliness or just kind of confusion around the promise of the holiday season that's not being fulfilled for you.
1: Yeah. I also feel like for some reason, Holidays open up the sensitivity towards questions. You may be asked, like, so why aren't you dating anyone? (laughs) You know, a random day in February. And it it may be a little annoying, but like if you're asked that at a Christmas dinner with your family around, you're just like, geez, okay, put me on blast. So it's just interesting because, yeah, there's all those different dynamics of comparison, shame, loneliness, grief, and then. Even if the questions are coming from a place of good intention, they can still feel othering and a little sticky around this time of year. Yeah, totally. So, before we get into connections with others, what are a couple of ways you recommend that clients approach staying connected with themselves during the holiday?
2: You know, connected to what we were just talking about, I think that there's this piece of trying to be really um aware of your own expectations so before you enter into the season as you're entering into the season before you spend time with family or even just like if you're listening to this and thanksgiving did just happen and you just heard lizzie say what she did do you sit with that and feel oh yeah i I was feeling that like what were your expectations what were you what kind Mm -hmm. of standard are you holding yourself to because it's really helpful to be able to know what we're challenging, I guess, or know what we're trying to like care for ourselves through. And that's, it's really hard with this period of time because I do feel like there's this kind of, um, like kind of put your head down and make your way through the holiday season vibe that can happen for all of us. So I I usually invite people to not do that and, you know, lift your head (laughs) up and look around and try and see what you're expecting. And are you expecting yourself to, have some like great news for your family when they ask if you're dating someone, or ask what your what's happening in your career, and you don't have all the things that you thought that you were going to have. So, looking into expectations, what are you expecting of yourself, and then how can you be more kind um, and really like support the version of you that is existing right now, and be really proud of that version. And yeah, caring for yourself when you have awareness of the things that you're proud of in your life and you're wanting more of, you know, there's all of the kind of, you could Google self-care and find a million different articles about like lighting a candle and taking a bath. And I'm into that. Please, do, I love a bath, you know, love a candlelit reading session. Like those are not, not mm-hmm. you know, not down mm-hmm. on those things.
0: Yeah, give me, a, give me a facial while I'm in the bath
2: while there's a candle lit. <laughs> exactly. Yes, all of those things are great. And also just being able to sit with yourself and be be like gentle with the, the place you're at right now, be affirming of who you are and who you're becoming and being grateful for the things that you already have. Just spending time with yourself can be the best self-care. Loving time with yourself can be the best self-care that can be aided by the candle and the bath and et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, totally. And I think that, like you were just saying, the contradiction between what the holiday season offers is a lot of distraction, but that the distraction itself, while that might feel uh, enticing to jump in and just like let it take you for the ride so that you don't have to maybe be present in the parts that feel hard, that that might actually maybe sometimes feed that experience more than detract from it, would you say?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cuz that's the that's the kind of like put your head down, make it through. It's really easy to not take stock of where you are. And sometimes just awareness is a huge step in the right direction. Like even, you know, something that's come up as we've been talking today that keeps coming to mind is the regression that happens in the holidays. And yes. it's like, you know, it's funny until it's not of the like suddenly when you're <laughs> when you're with your family, you're like your high school version of yourself. And how uncomfortable is that? (laughs) You know, like you've grown, you're decades away from that version of yourself. And yet when you're in this one particular context, and sometimes it's like, you know, friends from a past period for people who don't spend the holidays with their families, you know, it's not always family triggered, but we can regress. We can become past versions of ourselves. And if you just have enough time to be aware, okay, I'm going to go and spend time with my mom. And sometimes with with my mom, I'm like, 15-year-old Janie, where I get really snippy all of a sudden. It's like, I actually have a choice in how that that happens. And I have a choice Mm -hmm. in like being aware of it ahead of time and knowing what I need and trying to create a plan to take care of myself, which I'm sure we're going to get into so that you're actually, you have choice in how the season goes for you. But first you have to kind of know what you're expecting and know, yeah, what you're trying to avoid even. Sure.
0: Be aware of the dynamics. So let's get into that. Even though we can't possibly speak to everyone's unique situation, whether you have a family that mostly feels good, but that you notice that you're regressing into these stages that maybe don't make you feel so great about yourself, or, you know, you're in a family where there's the dynamics are really hard and entering into that is a a whole thing. Or maybe you don't have family dynamics and it's other parts of longing or other relationships that you have. What are some recommendations or tools you've shared with clients that are having a hard time in those connections with others during the
2: holidays? So the big one is boundaries, Mm -hmm. um, which are obviously, you know, yeah, we've, we've all heard that word a lot, especially Mm -hmm. recently, which we love, Um, love that it's becoming Mm -hmm. more normal to talk about boundaries. But yeah, it's one of the best things that you can do for yourself is, is even just know what they are and, and assess for them every day. Like one of just the practical Step that I usually give to clients and to couples that I work with is truly just assess at the end of the day how it felt. It feels like such a simple thought, but I mean, especially for if you're a partnered person and you are going, you know, with your partner to someone's home. Um, or have a lot of things going on in the holiday to just have an evening check-in of how did that feel did you feel that we got enough time together did you feel like you i you know you got caught up in the things that your dad was saying i just wanted to you know point that out to you is there a way i could have supported you better it just an end of day check-in can be really helpful and so asking yourself how did i feel about today what did i need to be different because it just again it gives you a choice for the day after of how you show up and boundaries it's Boundaries, like are fluid. You know, they're not this thing that you set once, and then they never change. And especially when you're still figuring out what your boundaries are, it's really important to do the assessment. So end of day, if you are exhausted and feeling you know, socially exhausted at the end of the day, that you're with your family or you spent the whole day with friends shopping or you know whatever your holiday looks like, if you look at it at the end of the day and you ask yourself how you felt in ways that you could have supported yourself better, Sometimes it's as little as like leaving the gathering 15 minutes earlier or not taking the bait when someone brings up a conversation that, you know, at the end of it, you're going to feel less connected to that person if you decide to go into it and just little decisions like that, the boundary being like time boundaries, physical boundaries, and yeah, space boundaries too, of like, if you need to remove yourself from things, just let yourself decide that kind of Especially in this time, it's okay to decide it day by day because it is really difficult to be like I'm going to set this boundary of I'm only going to go to my family. You know, Thanksgiving just passed, but go to my family Thanksgiving for one hour, and then you're having a really good time. Then like you should be allowed to flex with that. So a, a regular assessment of how you're feeling and what you're needing, and what what kind of like physical time, you know, emotional boundaries you need to be setting daily.
0: Yeah, I love that because the combination of I think oftentimes like we think that in order to have a better experience, we need to be able to control all of it. And what I hear when you're saying that is just kind of like incremental changes that might make situations that are hard a little less hard or that are going to create space for you to like learn from those small changes and see kind of where – where you might feel better, like you said, the next
1: day. Exactly. You know, I was thinking about how practicing and implementing boundaries is a way of showing yourself that you are recognizing that you have belonging. So bear with me because I'm going to try to verbal vomit this out. Let's go. (laughs) Can't wait. You got this. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, like a lot of source of our holiday anxiety can come from this feeling of wanting to belong. And if there's a a lacking of that feeling in many different facets, but like the reality and the truth is, is that we belong to ourselves and it is a privilege to be able to belong to other people and so on and so forth. But like in implementing practices of boundaries, you are showing yourself belonging and, and loved. And so it's layered. It's nuanced. It's showing an act of love and I I think that's really beautiful.
2: Yeah, I love what you just said because I think that it's the it's the consistent work is trying to remember that you belong to yourself first. And sometimes in the best of worlds, you know the um I will not get the quote but hopefully Y'all can look it up after this. Um, But it was also in the movie Beginners, which is a dream movie, but about like the Velveteen Rabbit. There's like a a piece of that story where he's talking about how like being loved is part of how you learn to belong to yourself and, you know, belonging to someone else is part of how we can learn to belong to ourselves. And sometimes that works. You know, sometimes we, in spending time with the people that we love in this like supposedly sparkly warm holiday season, part of how we remember like that we are loved and we belong in the world but the best case scenario and the work that we all should be doing is trying to actually find that here first you know starting with yourself remembering that you belong to yourself because it helps you accept love more when you are with the people who know how to show it to you and reflect back who you are and it also helps you protect yourself and like if you can love yourself as fiercely as you love someone that if you brought them to a gathering and someone wasn't treating them well, and you would step in front of them and take care of them and say, hey, we're leaving. If you could love someone else that fiercely, can you do that to yourself as well? And yeah, I think that's a really beautiful, I love that point, Beth, that like looking at this as belonging. And if you can choose to belong to yourself first, one, you accept the belonging that other people are offering you more openly. And two, you, you sure. know how to set boundaries, you know, set limits.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, Janie, if you don't mind, I want to put you on the spot really quickly because you've mentioned a couple of times like doing the work. Mm-hmm. And I think we're we're having a a tiny little, you know, jump into the middle of what is like very layered, very nuanced as we've been saying and very unique to every person and the the connections that you have in your life or that you're longing for. You are someone that I turn to when I have a friend in my life who says I'm I want to get into therapy. Could you help me take the first step. Can you just help us understand what are some of the first steps if someone is going through this, you know, experience during the holidays and coming out of it after paying attention to how they feel, trying to make small incremental changes and they're coming out of that wanting to do more work so that they can continue to grow through that. Um, how would you recommend they take the first step?
2: Good question. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> It, no, it's, yeah, it's, I, I like need to get better at how to answer this, honestly, because usually my response <laughs> as like, you have experienced is like, I'll help them find a therapist. <laughs> just like, give me a few details. Yeah. I'll do some research. If I don't already know the person, I'll find them. You know, if I'm looking in, you know, Wisconsin, I can find someone in Wisconsin, even if I don't know anyone there. Um, so that's usually my answer is I'll just handle it. But obviously when I'm, you know, speaking to unknown people, I don't know that I can handle that for them. Um, so, I, I guess, like, you know, starting the work, we have this kind of rule in therapy. No one, I'm not allowed to start seeing someone unless they are the ones who come into therapy and sign the paperwork, you know? So, it's like someone can say, my best friend, my partner, whatever needs to go to therapy. And unless, like, the person who's going to be sitting in the room with me or on the Zoom call with me, uh, has decided that they want to be there. There's no one not allowed to, because they're the ones who have to sign the paperwork of informed consent and consent and all of that. Mm-hmm. But two, like it's just not, it's just not worthwhile. And, you know, I have lived experience of seeing partners who are coming in because their partner told them to come in And then we just sit there and look at each other. And it's like, wow, is this a waste of money for you? (laughs) I am so sorry. Um, So you have to be ready. You know, you have to be ready and want to grow and learn about yourself and want, and you have to want to learn about yourself and want to challenge your history, like challenge the narrative that you've lived into, because that's a lot of what what therapy ends up being is really like looking critically and with complete curiosity and openness into experiences that you've had and giving them new meaning. So you have to be ready for that. So assuming that that's, you know, someone's at that place and they want to start the work, you know, quote unquote, the work, you know, there's a million entry points. Okay. There's podcasts that help you really sit with people's stories and connect with people's stories and, and learn something about yourself because you're hearing it about someone else. You can start there. There's a million incredible books in the world. One of the best books of this year was What My Bones Know by Stephanie Foo which is it's like therapy mm. in and of itself. It starts off really intense. So just a little warning there. You can skip past it if it's too much, but it, it's one of the most beautiful books about learning about trauma and the impact that trauma has on our body and relational trauma, as well as these again, other bigger T traumas. There's a million books. Anyway, that's one of them that I love that mm-hmm. you can read and start to kind of open up your experience and start to be curious about your life And then, of course, the one that I love is therapy. (laughs) It's why, you know, I do what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. We love it too. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing to enter into because all of those things, listening to podcasts, reading the books, you know, there's like a bunch of therapy podcasts, every specific podcast. There's also now all these different television shows that are about therapy. Anyway, so you can do all those things (laughs) and you are not being witnessed. You know, you're witnessing yourself and that's beautiful and important. But it is, it's really different, you know, as someone who has been a client and as someone who is a therapist was doing therapy sessions right before this, it's really different to feel witnessed and to witness someone when they're in their process. Yeah. To be open to that is a really big deal and it's incredibly vulnerable um, and it, you're allowed to take it little bits at a time. You don't have to walk in and tell your most traumatic story in your first session, of course. You can let that kind of play out over time. But the relationship is the most important thing. And that you research backs me up there. That's not a that's not a jainism. That's like research says that the most important aspect of therapy that leads to growth is the relationship between a client and their therapist. And so when you are starting the process of actually getting into therapy, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for in that first phone call, you're looking for when you're Google searching or someone sends you, if you're someone who knows me and I send you three different people (laughs) to look into, because I want you to have Mm -hmm. options that as you're reading their bio, that you feel something, feel a sort of connection to them or you feel slightly seen by them. Or when you're having the first phone call with them in the same way that like occasionally we get to have this like sparkly moment of feeling like, my gosh, I could be best friends with this person. You know, you like get to have that every once in a while with your therapist. You should have this kind of like, okay, wow, I actually feel like I feel really nice. You know, I feel seen, feel understood and have those free 15 minute consultations that every therapist offers and see if you get the sense, have like three of them, see if you get the sense that this person is a safe person for you and then set up the session from there. But yeah, usually like online search, there's some really great ones. Therapy Den is a good place to search for a good therapist. Mm -hmm. Inclusive Therapist is a really great place to search. There's a million of them. But yeah, it really comes down to who do you feel connected to? Who do you feel like you could imagine the relationship blossoming that this is someone that you would enjoy speaking with a year from now and feel close to a year from now? Because that's the beauty of therapy is feeling known and understood by someone.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Janie. That's so helpful. Sorry for
1: putting you on the spot, but (laughs) that was amazing. (laughs) Well, Janie, we would love to talk to you forever. I mean, I feel like we could keep on going, Mm -hmm. but you're a busy person (laughs) during this busy time. So Mm -hmm. we just want to thank you so much for joining us today and giving us a couple tips and insights on how we can navigate this murky time. And we just appreciate you. Thank you, Janie.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank you for doing what you do. It's really lovely.
0: Thank you so much to Janie Glassmith for joining us today and for helping us all feel a little more connected during the holiday season. If you're interested in working with Janie or any of the amazing therapists at her practice, Spaces Therapy, please check them out at spacestherapyla.com or on Instagram at spaces.therapy.
1: Both are linked in this mini sodes show notes. Please keep sharing your thoughts, questions, and stories with us. Email us at elizabeths at mistconnectionspod.com or send us a message on Instagram or TikTok at Missed Connections podcast. This is Miss Connections. Thanks for listening. I'm Elizabeth Wyndham, and I'm Elizabeth Via.
0: Special thanks to our guest Janie Glassmith.
1: Miss Connections is co-hosted, produced, and edited by us, the Elizabeths, Elizabeth Via, and Elizabeth Wyndham. Our theme music is "Feeling" by Danielle Musto have a missed connection story to share with us, email us at elizabeths at missedconnectionspod.com.
0: And please follow, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube.